0: All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the SLN Sports Report. I'm back. It's been about a month, I think.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. I've been in a sense. soccer depression because Mayfica actually suck, but now they're bringing it back. <laughs> so I haven't been on the show. But today I'm with Seth and Nick. How are we doing, boys?
2: Uh, we vibing. I'm all right.
0: <laughs> all right, so we're going to be talking about, we're going to round out the Premier League. Gonna do all that we're gonna do we're gonna talk some Syria and since I'm back we got to talk Portugal because that's just the rule I'm the leader of this show Foot put down because yeah, we got some big stuff in Portugal that's gonna make me really happy tomorrow so <laughs> let's start off let's start off with yeah. the Premier League here first all right I'm gonna go through all the scores for you guys all right so Arsenal defeated Watford 3-2 wow congratulations Arsenal uh Burnley loses to Brighton 2-1. Chelsea defeats Wolves 2-0. Good job, Wolves. Uh, Crystal Palace and Tottenham drew 1-1. Okay, Tottenham. Bournemouth defeat Everton 3-1. Goodbye, Bournemouth. Everton, what are you doing? Manchester United pull out the victory against Leicester City 2-0. Man City absolutely demolished Norwich 5-0. Goodbye, Norwich. We'll see you next year. All right, two years. I'm sorry. Uh, Newcastle lose to Liverpool three-one. What a surprise! To cap off a fantastic year, Sheffield United lose to Southampton three-one, <laughs> and West Ham defeat. Or West Ham and Aston Villa drew one-one. Wow, Aston Villa! What do you got? What do you got, Seth? For this,
2: well, I think I think the most interesting results were definitely in the relegation battle. You had the Bournemouth game where Bournemouth win. They score three goals for the first time in forever and still get relegated. It was far too little too late. Solanke finally scores. King finally scores again, and yet they still go down. The previous result against uh, Southampton that they got was really pivotal in this last day. Um, Bournemouth poured on the pressure for basically 90 minutes, and Southampton managed to score two goals on them, and that pretty much damned them. They had a 5% chance of staying up. The only way they could have stayed up was if Watford lost and Aston Villa lost. And since Villa went 1-0 up momentarily, they were, uh, they were for sure relegated, and then West Ham scored. So then all the Bournemouth fans, I'm sure, were hoping that West Ham would score again. And the honorary uh, West Ham fan for the day, Nick, was very excited when West Ham made it 1-1 because it could have meant that Aston Villa would go down instead of Bournemouth. But uh, in fairly unlucky fashion, uh, Bournemouth go down after winning their last game against a team that everyone would have expected to beat them. Uh, But Bournemouth, they shot themselves in the foot at several times during the season. They have blown leads. They've lost games where they've dominated, uh, such as the one against Southampton. And they had a lot of strange injuries that probably lasted longer than they should have. They rushed people back and re-injured people. So that's what happens when you rely on basically two people to get all your goals and they don't score much for you in uh, Cal Molson and Josh King. And Solanke, who was a $31 million uh, purchase, ends up scoring you under five goals across one and a half or two seasons, I believe. And that's just not good enough. He could be a situation like Tammy where he goes to the championship and looks really good. But I don't know. They're going to keep, they're gonna have to keep him, though, because they're not going to be able to get any return on that fee. And they need him to come good. Whereas they have some other sellable assets that I don't think um, will be as hard to move on as Solanke. Because nobody wants to take a risk on him now. I mean... for a player was already stupid, and now that he hasn't delivered whatsoever, it's going to be really hard to move him on. So I I do feel bad for Bournemouth in a way, but they've also been the architect of their own downfall at several points with their transfer policy and other things like that. So beating Everton is really just a blip in a really, really poor season for Eddie Howe. So let's see how they do in the championship next season, I guess.
0: They've been a feel-good story ever since they got up to the Mm -hmm. Premier League.
1: They yeah, yeah. absolutely dominate
0: promotion. <laughs> what do you got, Nick?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I, I have to agree with Seth. I mean, like Wormith, I mean, they they'll go down I don't, and and now they're, you know, it's a question of who they sell and who, you know, who stays. I think the interesting thing about this crop of teams that's gone down is a lot of them have a ton of very interesting sellable assets. But I think obviously I think the biggest losers of the of the season overall have been Watford. Um, I think, you know, they were unlucky at the start of the season um, with Javi Garcia. They, they were playing very good, you know, like decent football, you know, and they just, for, you know, whatever reason, couldn't get it going. Sacked him, brought in Piqué Sanchez-Flores. Um, horrible decision. Uh, sacked him, brought in Nigel Pearson. Nigel, Nigel Pearson put the team on the right track. You know, obviously, we, we're gonna, we're all gonna remember that Liverpool game, um, the end of the the, the unbeaten run. Um, Thank God. I don't think I ever celebrated more, uh, even as a United fan. That's that's pretty sad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think you know, like, sacking Pearson with two games left to go, was the poorest decision I think any team has made in this entire season. And that's saying a lot because there's been a lot of crappy decisions made. I agree. But like getting rid of Pearson, that's a that was a stupid move because you're literally rocking the boat just before uh, you you know, you're in the scrap and you're you're gonna rock the boat like that. That is very dangerous. And so I think it that was what set set it like, you know, you're going down and Villa staying up. To me I mean, I think that the the Pozzo family really screwed their their own club. Now, do I think they'll be able to come back up in a couple of seasons? Yeah, I think that they've got you know the, the resources to. Um, but I think players, are, there's going to be an exodus because you know they they've got some good players there: Dale Deleu, Decore, Sar. I think they'll they'll. I mean, a lot of them will probably turn up at Udinese because that's what. You know, the pots of do, um, they'll probably just shift them between their two clubs. But I you know, I just think like they you know, there's there's money that can be made from them. They can get they can probably get back up. Uh but they were just unlucky against Arsenal. I mean it was I mean XG had it at three point nine two to one point nine five in Watford's favor. That is ridiculous. In fact, they only scored two goals, but you'd be like that sometime. It to um, be like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to say Watford, they dropped the ball. Villa are extremely lucky to stay up. They're only up because of some, uh, well, some broken uh, uh, cameras and goal line uh, technology and yep, uh, some yep, really crappy management from Watford. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's the relegation. Like that's, that's just, you know, it's sad to see.
0: Probably uh, one of the more entertaining ahead. relegation
1: battles we've had in the past few years. Definitely. Definitely.
2: Yeah, there were uh, 21 different possibilities that could happen, I guess, on the last on day. On the final
1: day. <laughs> yeah, um,
2: and the, um, the thing that was really surprising to me about Nigel Pearson getting sacked is I thought he would be the perfect person to keep them steady in the championship mm-hmm. regardless of who leaves because he was the guy who brought Lester up from the championship. So, like we've already seen that he can promote a team and he might've done it at one other point in his career. I'm not, I'm not sure, but, um, he's just someone that I think has other than the, the famous, uh, ostrich comments back in the day, I think he's usually a pretty level-headed guy and in a team that's had the most turbulent managerial situation I've ever seen in soccer ever. Um, I thought he was kind of a savvy appointment by, uh, by Watford, and then two games left, they let him go, and someone who I think is like probably among the crop that are going to still be in there next season, he'd probably be the best manager in the championship. And they let him go, and they have a squad that has, yes, many veterans who they're probably going to have to sell on because they won't want to play in the championship, but they also have quite a few players on loan who are younger and can come back and I would imagine do pretty well in the championship. They have a, a guy who's playing in La Liga right now. Um, and this
1: is Stupinian, the left-back.
2: Yeah, Stupinan. And uh, oh, you know, he's, play, he's playing in a, at a top-five league level. And left-back is one of the problem positions they had this year. So I think it's really, really silly that they fired him. But, and, I, and I do feel so bad for that team. Because other than Bournemouth, like Rob was saying, Bournemouth have kind of been a feel-good story since they've come up. I, l- I really liked Watford since they came up because they yeah. would get results against the big teams. They would give people good games, but it was always the managerial situation that, that screwed over some really, really talented players that are in that squad. I mean, I don't think Ismail Assar expected to go from Liga to the championship in 13 months. Like, that's, that's pretty bad. And, you know, a player like Abdullah Decore has taken the Premier League by storm Playing in yeah. several positions, some team is going to pick him up he 's not going to play in the championship like he's he 's far too high quality for for the championship and same There's goes with Del problems and,
1: at a team like everton or something like that
2: exactly exactly I feel bad especially for Watford fans because i 'm sure this last couple year period was really nice for them to see players of such a high quality end up at their club only to get relegated because of pretty bad ownership moves, and it's just it's frustrating, I'm sure.
0: Well, you remember how Watford came up to the Premier League. They had that – probably, the, probably like, if Aguero's goal didn't happen, probably the greatest moment in English soccer. <laughs> Troy Deeney scoring that last-minute goal after the penalty. I,
2: yeah, I feel bad for Deeney, too. I feel bad for Deeney.
1: But he thinks he's – I think he's staying with the club. Um, I think he's staying, yeah. He's, he's, said, I mean, said, he's said played the, the match, championship
0: was... with them before. He doesn't – I don't think he really – like, is he really a Premier League striker, or is he more of a Championship striker? In like,
2: in like, sort of a late '90s way, he is.
1: Yeah, um. <laughs> uh, he 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 bodies players, and I I mean, he has a he's, he's got a pretty good record. I mean, he does score a lot of penalties, but um, the fact of the matter is, like, he's he's 32 years old. I, I think it's, it's he's not gonna be moving on. Uh, I don't think any club is gonna want to buy him. Yeah. Um, but he's for
2: he he through and through.
1: Yeah, he's. Been, I
0: think he's been there since like, like
2: twenty. I think it's like twenty ten.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's been a decade. He's been there for a decade. I think he should stay there the whole rest of his career. <laughs> he's got it. But uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Aston Villa because they. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. They did it last. Like, Nick. Nick
2: doesn't want to hear it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And the, and the rumors are that they might be getting Mefika's, uh former manager, Bruno Lage. That's the talks oh, wow. right now. And if, if they do get him, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I don't know. If you're a Villa fan, I don't know how you can feel about it. Because He's, Bruno better Lodge than left Dean,
1: Mefika,
2: better left than Dean on Smith, really bad that's terms. That's not saying a lot.
0: He left Mayfika on very bad terms. And the reason why you left on bad tips is because the players didn't try hard enough. We found that. I found that out the hard way. So I think I do think he's a good manager, but is he ready for Premier League? I'm not sure.
1: You know, it's it's a step up from it. it genuinely is a step up from Dean Smith. Is it a big step up? No, I, it's hard to say. Um, you know, he he got he he, he got a, a lot out of. Um, a lot of players have been like, I mean, like, I don't think Adel Tarapt ever would have been oh, a viable player yeah, ever again. Absolutely. I understand that. He, um,
0: before, the thing with Abdel Tarapt, right, is when he first came to Befica, it was a couple of years ago. He was supposed to, he was having, he had so much promise. And then he got fat and then he didn't care. And literally the only highlight for three years from Abdel Terapt, like, I, sw- I kid you not, the only highlight we had of him was he took a corner and he put it behind the net. That was the only highlight. That's all you need. <laughs> and then, then Bruno Laj came on, came to coach Mayfica B. And then like all of a sudden Tarap's doing good, right? And then you're like, oh, like he, he trusted in Tarap and uh, Tarap trusted Laj, And then all this stuff happened with the with the main team, with Vitoria. And it soon happened with uh, Bruno Laj, is that like, the players decide not to care and then a the new manager comes in, and they start caring and then they care again and then whatever all this happens, but that's a different conversation for a different day that maybe I ripped my hair off for, but we don't know anymore. But uh yeah, then he came up and then uh, Tadop got the chance to play in the main league and he played fantastic. His is probably probably basically his best player of the year. I don't care what people say. I don't care about how many goals Ps he scored. Abdel Tarab did pretty damn good. But I'm staying with Bruno Lage here. I think, like, I think he can do good. I mean, towards the end of his stint of Befica, he was, his tactics kind of weren't making sense. I don't know why, but he decided, like, week after week, for some reason, he'd throw in three strikers, try and get a goal. Never well, that,
2: that was a trend of Aston Bill's season. Just um, throw as many attacking midfielders on the yep. field at one time as possible and see if you can win a game. <laughs>
0: So I mean, Definitely. with Bruno Lage, they could be something special at the beginning. But I don't know how they can do later on because it looks like Bruno Lodge has the uh, the stuff to make an impact when he first comes. And then they start. Then he can't adapt after the fact. So
1: yeah. we'll see. But I think maybe I think maybe we'll be get, seeing
0: Aston Villa do decent to start if the maybe NBA getting those right.
1: first few points are what matters. But I think the question mark for Aston Villa is is the Jack Grealish situation. Uh, you know if. If he stays, I think it's a it's a very different proposition. If he goes, Astonville will probably need a big rebuild. Um, I mean, Seth, Seth yeah, I I think you 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 probably rate Grealish more than I do. Um, but, I think Grealish
0: is so overrated.
1: Like, <laughs> I don't understand why people think he's so good. It's, here's
2: it's, it's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think, I don't think it's helpful when a player like grealish plays every single game in the season i think he actually i think had 36 games out of 38 but i don't think it's helpful that he's moved constantly between playing in a front three on the left and then playing as an attacking midfielder in a midfield three i don't think it's a good idea to keep doing that with a player who is the most fouled in the premier league a player who is the only, pretty much the only creative outlet in your team, you're yep. switching his position pretty much every other game and surrounding him with players who also want the ball at their feet but are way less talented. So there's all these other players who want the ball, like Conor Herhan and Anwar El Ghazi, and these guys are not as good creatively as Grealish. So what does Dean Smith do? He moves him into the front three. He wants him to play as an attacking player. But yeah. Grealish has never been like this elite goal scorer. That's just not what he is. And Aston Villa didn't have a goal scorer. So a player who scores, I think, seven Premier League goals ends up as your top scorer? Like, that's just not good enough. Like, that that Aston Villa team makes no sense. They spent so much money for the team to make no sense. So in this next transfer window... If they keep Grealish, which I hope they do because if he goes anywhere, I think he's going to go to United and I just don't really want Grealish at United. Terrible
1: transfer, in my opinion. It's
2: such a bad transfer. If they can keep him, I think Aston Villa need to find a penalty box striker who is not a target man because that's not what Mm -hmm. is going to get you goals linking up with Grealish. You need a penalty box striker who is quick and can play on the counter because Aston Villa, when they held possession, did nothing. And only scored goals in transition with Grealish or from set pieces. So it's got it has to be a complete rebuild with or without Grealish. That front line needs to completely change. Yeah. The back line I think has a little bit of promise. There's a little bit of promise there. Like I think bit. Mings could get better. I think Kansa's okay. I think he could be better. Jobert was awful. I don't know what happened with Jobert, but I think he was really highly touted before the transfer, and I yeah. think he could still fill his, uh, fulfill his potential. You have Douglas Luiz, who I think is an excellent midfielder. Like Douglas Luiz, I think, is so overlooked. He was in a really bad midfield for almost all of the season. McGinn was injured so much. I think Douglas Louise might be one of those players that they sell to generate money because yeah. he is so good, and he could definitely step up. And he played, I think, every single game for Aston Villa and wasn't injury prone like John McGinn was. And I believe he's younger than John McGinn. So if they're going to keep Grealish, I think they have to sell some of these players because spending upwards of a hundred million euros last, last summer, that's, that's just okay. not okay. <laughs> like that's you're going to get financial play
1: on your ass.
2: Exactly. I, I, I thought they were going to go down for that exact reason. But I, I could talk about them
1: forever. I mean, All it's right, like.
0: But I just want to move on.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, I'm going to rant about Villa, and I don't want to Yeah, do I don't that. want to. I, I <laughs> yeah. understand that you <laughs> don't like him. I know, I know why you don't like him.
0: I don't want to hear it.
1: <laughs> We don't like Aston Villa here, and there's absolutely no reason for it. But, <laughs> <we don't. laughs> but I, want, I do want to just get
0: the show moving here. I want to talk about the top. I want to talk about the top of the table here. Um, yeah, Leicester City absolutely took a hot shit this season. Dropped the bomb. They they, they shot the bed. They wet the bed. shat the bed. They they took the whole thing, and they did. They they were so promised to finish top three at least, maybe even top two at one point, right? But then they just went like, bad. That. That's what happened. I don't know what happened to them.
1: I mean injuries. What? Well I'll say is yeah, it's injuries, you're right. Like it's like when you when you run they ran super hot at the start of the season. Like let, So hot. Let's not <laughs> like let's let's make no 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 bearings about that. I mean they definitely the They, they already were, were really hot then they played
0: Man City, I believe, and then the hype kinda of went yeah down. Well a it's bit.
1: it you know the fact of the matter is I think the team um Overall, and I think the way they played throughout the season was probably better than their 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 title winning season. I might take a Peltzer for that, but I'm gonna <laughs> stick by that statement. The squad uh, quality I can is I can so much see higher. That. Yeah, I, I definitely squad, understand this, yeah. it though.
0: The, this, because like, squad, when you go back, you go back to the year they won the title. That was a they played. <laughs> they played more counterattacking more than anything. Yeah, they were like this year. They were trying to like.
1: They're trying to. They're like pressing a, a lot higher up the pitch.
0: Yeah, they're trying to play um, like a top sixteen. That yeah.
1: Arsenal. And I think I mean yeah, they got killed when first of all Wilfred and Didi got injured. Um, there's there's no one there's probably no one in the league who can out and out replace him um, right now. Like, uh, and certainly no one at Leicester. Um, so that was the first problem. You didn't you lost that shield at the back four. Um, you know, then James Madison. James Madison facilitates a lot in the attack when he's in there. You can see a lot of the players just generally play better. He, his form dropped off a ton over the second half of the season as well. Um, so, I mean, what I will say is that, like, you know, looking back on the season, um, like fifth, a fifth place finish, uh, you know, four points outside the, the Champions League places, that sounds good on paper. It's just the fact that they dropped off so much and that the top six have been so poor this season that, you know, this was this was an opportunity for them, for, for Leicester and for teams like Wolves. And I don't know. I mean, it's it's looking back on the, the, the entirety of the season. You actually have to question, you know, are Leicester really that much better than a team like Wolves? It's you know, it's difficult to say. But I think, you know, they got to they got to improve the depth of the, of the team. Um, they got to keep Brennan Rodgers' – you know, he, he has to stay out of transfers because he's terrible with transfers. I think the Ayotze Perez move was terrible. Aside from the hat trick against uh, Southampton, uh, he has not really been a success. Um, but I think there's there's some promise there. Ricardo Pereira, in my opinion, probably the best like, you know, w- probably the most well rounded right back in the league. Um, yeah,
2: he's. I would say he's easily the the best two-way defender, yeah, in the Premier League right now.
1: So there's there's promise there. You know what I mean? Like Definitely. there's, there's they still like I think next season they build right. You know they can probably they could probably have a go again. You know I don't think it'll be as easy. Uh, Vardy's another year older. They got to get. They really do need backup for Vardy, like a proper uh, striker that can replace him. Um. Uh, my, my number one shout all season was Victor Man, but it seems like he's probably going to Napoli. Um, so, uh, I mean, you know, there's 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 some positives, but, yeah, you're going to look back on it and say, damn, they dropped the ball.
0: It gives, yeah, man, I mean it – it, so. it gives Man U the third-place spot now. They're going to Champions League. Then, Like, they could – aren't they still in Europa League? Yeah, so, they like, are. Um, so, you know, they could still win that.
2: The the way I see the final picture of the top four this season, like the the repercussions I think of that are that Leicester had such a large points gap on United. Yes, like that's true. But in the winter, United brought in what ended up being their best player yep. and earned more points than any other team from when Bruno signed until the end of the season. If you look at Leicester City, they lost players in January, basically. They had, in, from January on, they only lost important players, whereas United only gained important players. So, in a different season where, you know, Ndidi and Madison don't get injured within the same month of each other, Leicester probably get the Champions League spot, but yeah. United would still have the Europa League. So, I think this is probably the most unlucky Leicester could have possibly gotten because they have no second chance. United have a second chance that they don't need it anymore. Now United can approach the Europa League to win it with basically no pressure. They can win the Europa League, get a trophy, make the fans happy, but there's no pressure. There's absolutely no pressure. Yeah. Whereas there was immense pressure on Leicester. They said, they said, oh, they're going to wrap up third. They're going to wrap up the Champions League in the next two games. And then what, what do they do? They lose important players and they lose games constantly. And you start to see the holes in the Leicester squad. Had a similar thing happened to Wolves where their two most important players to building up play or protecting the you know defense get a serious injury, had it been Adama Traore with a serious injury or Jimenez with a serious injury you would have seen a similar thing because Wolves have basically no rotation. No. There's no depth.
1: They, they play they, they stick. Roman
2: Sainz as a center back because they have to. There's yeah. no Nuno, depth Nuno there.
1: sticks to that same lineup. We haven't seen... We've seen Exactly. Some, they, I believe they've used the least of, uh, number of players in the Premier League this season.
2: That would not surprise me at all. The only depth they have is Pedro Neto. And mm-hmm. when you don't start Pedro Neto, you realize that... That front line, other than Adama Traore, really lacks any like real dynamism. You can play Jota in on goal and he'll do something fantastic every five or so games, but that team lacks energy, and that's something that Leicester have. Leicester have energy in, in abundance. They have energy in their fullbacks. They have Madison. They have Damari Gray off the bench, Harvey Barnes, who's like probably... What I would describe as sneaky fast doesn't really look fast, but is so quick and is has you know like a low back lift and all these things that make a a player yeah make a player underrated exactly. Whereas I think this Wolves team is so consistently showing the same starting eleven that they might be reaching their peak. Like I don't see unless they make signings, I don't see this Wolves team getting any better. I can see the yeah. Leicester team getting see, much
1: better.
0: See, I would, I, I would look forward to them signing some Portuguese players this.
1: They, they, and they definitely will. They definitely because will because, they
0: will. Uh, I, 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 it would be the same every other transfer window, but it's much more now because Port, Porto, they're losing about ten players to transfer this this coming window. Yep. So, I mean, you look at who's coaching Wolves, and you see that who he formerly coached was port they of course i don't, they left on decent terms it's just it was more of a, an agreement that they didn't they didn't work with each other so i mean they could still very much work together right now they'd be like hey hey noon you want because you will put player and then yeah they give them a port player they'll probably give them a decent one and then there it is you got
1: another portuguese player on the wolves well, it's the George Mendes connection, right, you know, because they, they've got, you know, because basically it's his feeder club, you know, like that's where he dumps his players. So, I mean, there's going to be reinforcements for Wolves. It's a question of, can are they going to be Jimenez-reliant next season? Because they were massively Jimenez-reliant this season. Um, and that's not, I'm not going to say, like, you know, like, oh, like, that's that's a bad thing because Jimenez is a bad player. I'm just saying it's a bad thing because you don't want to rely on a single player. Hmm. Um but yeah, it's, it's you know because you look who, at to sneak into that club. That's what happens. That's the question.
0: You, you look at where Jimenez was. He was what? He was at Befica, He wasn't getting any starting time.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: and then he just went to Wolves and he got the starting time and he all of a sudden he's scoring pretty good goals. So, I mean, power to him.
2: Yeah. The the thing with Jimenez that I would say is could potentially be a problem is that you look at United and in the league you have Rashford with eighteen goals in the league. Marcial with 18 greenwood, I think had seven in the league and then other players in that team occasionally chipped in with goals. You look at the wolves team, pretty much every one nil win they got from about November ish until the end of the season was a Jimenez one nil goal or a, a header from a set piece or, you know, some sort of cross goal that either Traore or, um,
1: Jota well. Nev- Jota's picked up. or the Jota takes <laughs> the corners. I don't
2: know, but um,
1: or, oh, yeah, he, um, you mean like who took the corners?
2: Yeah, who took the corners? And it's like, you know, Jimenez scored a lot of goals, yes, but he also had penalties and was pretty much the only goal scorer. So like, where does this Wolves team go from here? I just don't really know. Whereas you have Vardy finishing with twenty three goals. Yes, he scored three in the Southampton game, and it's a freak game, whatever. He still scored twenty three goals. He's in his thirties. Yes, he's going to be a year older, but he's still going to get you goals. He's like, yeah. he's like a, he's like a little, uh, he's like a rat. He just like squeezes through defenses rat, and finds right? space that. Do you see where he's, he, from? He's, he's from? He finds That's all I gotta say. He's
0: in a Wednesday he, fan. He's he finds
2: rats. he finds spaces that I can't see any other striker finding in the league. He scores <laughs> goals that I don't see any other striker in the league scoring. <laughs>
0: He's a, chef. And, he's a Wednesday guy. He's a Sheffield Wednesday guy. Of course he's a rat.
2: Well, <laughs> I just think that Lester team could really do with the foil to Vardy, a younger foil to Vardy that isn't Iheanacho or Perez who just like to run with the ball. You know, yeah. like someone who's going to play off of Vardy and be smart around the box and not be wasteful around the box like Perez is, that is how I see Lester doing better. I don't see... Wolves fixing their team with one player. I don't see like one player fixing their their problem. So this end of the season resulting in resulting in Leicester getting Europa League instead of Champions League is probably going to have a toll on their season next year if they decide to pursue the Europa League, as we've seen with Burnley, and it's going to be Leicester's first time in the Europa League. But I just think. Like, Leicester have so many young players. Yeah. Wolves have three. <laughs> Wolves have three young players. Vinagri, Pedro Neto, and Zendonker are, like, the only young players, really, in that team. Nebsch. Under 23. Well,
1: I think Nedge is under 23. Ruben is still pretty young, but, I mean... Okay, well... He's, not, some, he's yeah. not... Okay, Like, but you don't want to shift your team around him because he's
2: completely... Hey, exactly, yeah. I just... <laughs> I don't know. The other teams above Wolves right now have young players that are going to get better. And they have a lot of players that are going to get better. Chelsea, United, Leicester all have young players who are only going to get better. So I just think next year is going to be really interesting because we're going to see what this transfer window brings to those top teams. We've seen Chelsea sign players that only were going to go to them if they could secure Champions League. Yeah. And... United now have Champions League and Leicester don't. So I guess we'll see what Leicester can scrounge up, but you know the they don't have Leicester, the because
1: they want Champions League. Yeah,
2: I mean they don't have the um the super agent connection. Leicester don't have the super agent connection that Wolves have. They they're not just, you know, getting the hacking away at the newest crop of of uh Portuguese talent. Leicester don't have that. So I guess we'll see.
0: All right. I think Other- I, uh, yeah, we're gonna we have to move on here. We've been talking, talking yeah, Premier League pretty much the whole episode. I want to talk a little something else here. We'll go to Serie A real quick. There's really nothing crazy to talk about. We'll just talk. I'll just, I'll go through the results again. I'll try and do it as funny as I did for the Premier League. I don't, I don't know that much about this. So starting off, Brescia defeated Parma, or Parmesan cheese over here 2-1, two one to our Parma one two one. Never mind. Uh, Genoa beat. All right, wow, I'm I'm doing really good. So you gotta, far. you gotta
1: actually read the results. Focus on the results, not your little snip
0: <laughs> <laughs> Genoa lose to Inter three nothing. Napoli beat Sassuolo two nothing. Bologna lose or Bologna win three two against Lecce. Cagliari lose one nothing to Udinese. Or I can't, I can never say that Udinese. Yeah. Go. Uh, Lazio destroy Ver- Verona five one. Roma beat Fiorentina 2-1. Spall and Torino draw 1-1. And Juventus win the title against Semphoria with a 2-0 win. Let's talk about the title here. So uh, another title. Isn't this is the ninth year in a row that they won the Serie A title.
2: I mean, I really don't like talking about Juventus <laughs> winning trophies. I really don't like talking about it at all. But what I will say <laughs> is, what I will say is, As someone who sort of leans towards the Inter side of Italy, mostly, I like watching Inter most of the time, it seems to me as if Serie A this season was decided by one team being the most pragmatic and oftentimes being incredibly frustrating and not using the talent in their squad to the fullest, but being incredibly pragmatic and getting low-scoring wins against bad teams and winning close games against the best teams. That's what Juventus did. Then you look at the other teams in the league, you look at Atalanta, Inter, Lazio even, they dropped points in games where it is embarrassing to the fans of those clubs that they would be losing the games. If you look at the stats from some of these games that Lazio have lost, oh, yeah. or in, or Atalanta have lost, or the games that Inter drew since the restart, it is insane, the dominance. There's such a cutoff in quality. Once you leave like the top seven in Italy, there's such a cutoff in quality. So these teams cannot give Juventus this much of a break. They can't keep giving Juventus fuel to their fire to be motivated to win titles. Juventus, yes, dropped points this year against some of the smaller teams, but they're not dropping points every other game against small teams. That's how they win titles. And they have Cristiano Ronaldo who is an it-factor player. He inspires the team. Yes, he scored so many penalties this year. But I always say this, you have to earn the penalties. United earned 14 penalties this season. They didn't even score all 14. Juventus earned, I I think, 17 penalties this season and scored 16 of them. 17 penalties for 16.
0: Was the one Ronaldo missed recently was the
2: only one? That exactly. He, he, missed, he, he just recently missed his first penalty in a very long time. So, yes, he scored a lot of penalties, but Juventus were incredibly pragmatic. They found ways to win games. And, yes, the 5-0s look good. The 5-1s look good. The 6-2s look good. And Inter, Atalanta, and Lazio can all applaud themselves and give a pat on the back for the games they won by four or five goals, but you didn't win the title. You didn't take advantage of Juventus' weakness, and Juventus is going to rebuild. So it's just... It, it, to me, all my last statement is that this is probably the most frustrating Serie A season I've ever seen. Like, it was just awful.
1: Agreed. But it's also been the most competitive. Definitely I
2: mean, the most competitive. I think...
1: I mean, it, it... I don't know. Like, it's... I mean, it's hard to say, like, oh, like, yeah, this was definitely, like... Uh, a team was definitely going to come out on top of Juventus. But I think, um, you know, at points the season, you know, Inter challenge, Atalanta Challenge, Lazio challenge. But again, you're right. You know, Juventus just stayed consistent enough to do what they needed to do. Having said that, this is probably their worst season. Like, it's probably worse than last season. Like, in terms of the quality. I mean, I don't necessarily take expected points to be the, the end-all, be-all metric because expected goals and expected assists are a little more reliable. But they've massively overperformed. Uh, for one. Uh, I mean, ex- expected points has them about 69. They should be, they, I mean, they're at 83 points right now. Um, but, I mean, first of all, the top four has really wrapped itself up because of the way that those teams have challenged. Um, you know, you look, Inter, Atalanta, and Lazio are, you know, they're pretty far ahead of, you know, Roma, AC Milan.
0: And, yeah, they're and so all much. in Champions League now. It yeah. Where they place. I think where, where they place pretty much besides where like which pot they're in or something like that
1: that yeah they'll play so they've they've wrapped it up so I mean it's a question I mean there's there's one point between those three teams um so I guess over over the last couple of games we're gonna see uh how it all shakes out um I'd like to see Atalanta hit 100 goals that would be something else on 96 right now (laughs) Over the course, if if two games they can get four goals, I think they can. I think this is Atalanta. They can score four goals in one game. It's so. possible. Um, but yeah, I I I agree. It's been a frustrating season in the end because at the beginning we were kind of like, this is Antonio Conte's, you know, triumphant return to Serie A. He could probably make something happen with Inter. Um, maybe next season. Uh, and I hate to say that, but maybe next season, <laughs> um, Atalanta again next season. Like it's it's annoying to have to say, you know, like, you know, they'll have they'll they'll, they'll come back, you know, next season and be better. Um, but we have to. Um because Juventus have just clawed their way to the title as they did last season, as they did the season before. Um I guess that's really it. I mean it's it's pretty it's it's a bit shocking to me. Um but I mean what can you do? When no, when you have a season with the resources of UVA,
0: another year, another trophy for Ronaldo. It's it's starting to get ridiculous. Indeed. But but uh, we'll talk more about Syria when it wraps up. I mean, if you look at it now, everything is pretty much wrapped up. Top of the table wise, bottom of the table. I guess it mostly well, is right going, down. Yeah. And
1: going down. And Russia are going down.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, like everything's pretty much wrapped up, but we'll talk about it when it officially is over. But all we need to know now is Ronaldo won another title. So our Juventus won 9 years in a row. <sighs> I don't know who's ever going to I could they go 10 years in a row? Like
1: I think they will. Like I, that's I know That's, insane. Inter, inter that's going back. Well, that's yeah. going
0: back to like early like La Liga days where Real Madrid won every year.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll just hope that Immobile finishes top score, and we'll have something to talk about other than that. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And his go.
1: hat trick, his his hat trick over the weekend, certainly put him in pole position for that. What go. is he? It's thirty four now on the season, level with Lewandowski for the uh, the the European Golden Boot. That's something else. Um, now, I mean, that's I would say Lewandowski's had a more impressive season, um, but Immobile. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from it. Like. Except for the penalties, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, interesting attacking talent there. Honestly, um, but it—it's, you know, what can you say? <laughs> all
0: right, all right. Now we're gonna talk some. We're gonna. Right, yeah, Seth, you're muted right now. <laughs>
1: that he is. Yeah, that is. He is muted. <laughs> well, he knows that. <laughs> oh, he's well, talking. I just got. I just
2: want to. I just want to say one thing. Yeah. The, Conte. I think, was brought in to end Juventus' dominance.
1: Definitely.
2: So if Inter don't finish second, I think... I would, I would say for, for this Inter season, it's a failure. Regardless of how far they go in the Europa League, it's a failure. You bring in Conte to win you a trophy, you bring in so many players. I think they brought in nine players. And you expect him to revolutionize this team and you still lose out on the title to a Juventus team that have many players in their 30s and basically one goal scorer, and you still lose out despite having one of the premier striking talents in the world in Letaro Martinez, Romelu Lukaku, who has scored an incredible amount of goals after a very disappointing season for him. You bring in Christian Eriksen, and you bring in Christian Eriksen and still Alexi Sanchez is overperforming him. Like You have problems. There's problems there. That yep. if they finish second, people might just wash over that as, oh, Inter finished second, but they have problems and they're going to need to address them in the summer. And Juventus aren't going to hesitate. I mean, I'm sure Juventus's board is concerned how close this season went and they're going to start looking in the transfer market to change things. And this was the Juventus team that was pretty unlucky with injuries at certain points in the season. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all I'll say.
0: All right, now we're gonna move into the, the interesting stuff here. So, I don't know what it's been. I've like, only, I feel like everyone sleeps on the Portuguese league,
1: but like it's because it's the seventh best league in Europe. But
0: I mean, <laughs> if you look at it year after year, all this crazy stuff happens. Like you, like you guys have heard me tell you guys these stories. Throughout this, like, ever since we talked, we started talking, yep. right, about this Portuguese league. This is pretty much what happens every year. Like, always this crazy stuff. So, at the restart, Benfica blew. They sucked really bad. They fired the coach, and then Port went on to win. Congratulations to them. They, they deserve it. Really do. But now, Benfica, they they finally – they went back to old reliable, and they got Jorge Jesus to come back. Now it was Jorge Jesus coming back? He had to leave Flamengo after signing an extension for Flamengo, and that made them really upset. So now Porto Flamengo fans are like best friends now because they all hate Benfica. What's a surprise? And now Jorge Jesus is back, and now all these big rumors are coming in that all these players are coming in, and one of those players is Edison Cavani, and he is rumored to be announced tomorrow, Wednesday, the tw- Wednesday, the twenty ninth. Does he do it? I think he does. But I'm not I'm gonna wait until I see him wearing the jersey. And he would be a very big addition to Mayfiga. I the, if I'm not mistaken, this would be the biggest player Mayfiga ever signed and it would be on a tree a free transfer, which is kind of crazy. So well, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. And he, he would be George Zeus's. It's, Jesus a, it's an ideal player. transfer. Be
1: I, I think it's, it's a, a brilliant player.
2: transfer. It's it's brilliant.
1: Yeah. The question, the question is, is there anywhere else he could go? And my my answer to that would be no. Um, my league. answer is also no, <laughs> because like the only other league I could see him popping up in is A. City, yeah? and I think most of the teams, the top teams, uh, aren't going to take him on because they've kind of wrapped up their 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 attacks and they've they've set it up. The only you know, it's not like he's going to crop up at, at Milan. He doesn't want to repartner with. Ibrahimovic, they're not going to take that risk. Um, it's not like he's going to pop up at Roma. There's no Premier League club aside from Leeds who are really interested. And Do I really think he's going to do well in a BL side? No. Do I think he's going to want to sit in a BL side that's not going to be in Europe? No. Benfica are the ideal option for him. Um, yeah, there is also a plan that Benfica want
0: to exercise investing in the team to not be embarrassed in Europe like they have been the past
1: – Four years. I think, well, I think they 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 might have to for that. I think they might have to sell. I know that sounds. Oh, they weird. are.
0: They're definitely selling. Yeah,
1: they, but it's it's the the when you want to kind of reestablish your dominance, um, the it's it's important what what you buy and when you buy. Sorry, who you buy it sounds like a objectifying place. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's more important who you sell and when you sell, because you look at Liverpool, right? Like, and when they sold, like it's, you have to think like when you're going to rebuild, you know, you have to be able to take the risk on selling uh, assets and selling them at the right time. It's really difficult to do. um, But that's what you got to do. And I think you look at that Benfica squad, there are assets who could be sold. There are teams that are interested in some, in a lot of their players. Um, I don't know where we're going to be next season, but I'm saying teams. they're saying a bunch of Serie A teams are looking at. Yeah, them. So, I mean, there's like, they're, they're it's, it's, can they get good fees for them? Can they promote the right players from the young, from like the U squad? And Benfica have always been pretty good at that. Like, like whatever you want to say, like they are, re, they, they, have a very good definitely i
0: think they were just awarded like the best yeah. academy
1: in the world yeah they they they, they, they are a reliable uh, production line shall we say um so and, and then you know the final component is who they can purchase on uh kind of like low-ish fees um that's what they've been doing that's what they've been but, doing for years now yeah and 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 Jesus has, is, is, I mean, with Flamengo, I mean, he got them to the Club World Cup final, you know, against Liverpool. Not that we really rate the Club World Cup very much, but like...
0: But that was big. That was, that was much like, bigger to with, them, though.
1: They. Yeah, exactly. He, he won lived, the Copa
0: Libertadores. That's what Yeah, that's what which really, was
1: massive yeah. for them. And he got, I mean, uh, goal firing. Um, now, I mean, <laughs> his thought in Portugal was not too. very good. <laughs> but uh, I think the fact of the matter is, I think... Jesus is, there's there's undeniable quality of management there. I think he's going to turn Benfica around at least. Like he in, did the first time too. At least, at least as far as Portugal is concerned, he will turn them around. What will he do in Europe? It's incredibly difficult to say because a lot of the teams around Europe are um, restructuring. And uh, as we saw, like, with the round of 16 this was the first in the champions League. this was like the first season in years that it was purely Europe's top five leagues in the round of 16 um so how does a team from outside that like a Benfica like an Ajax like a Porto like how do they make that how do they get out of the group stage um and so we'll see um, I think I think it's actually I, I'm I'm actually with you. It's incredibly exciting. Um, Cavani is gonna score. Yeah, and i and
0: I'll tell I'll tell more about what the next season is looking like in Portugal.
1: Yeah. So, I'll,
0: for, well, well, first I'll cap off the big matchups that happened this last weekend. So there was a battle for the final Europa League qualification spot between Fiouav and Famalicão, and Famalicão could have qualified for it last week but they lost, Are they They dropped points, and they so it came down to the last match week, and they needed to beat Maritimu. that's all they needed to do, and it didn't matter what Hiwav did, they needed to win. So, against Maritimu, well, I'll, first off, I'll be saying, I'll say that Hiwav won decent, they won pretty easily against Bulbista, and then, you go, you go down, at the same time, you have Maritimu and Cow. so I'll go through the whole match right here. So, 1 nothing in the second minute to Maritimu.
1: Yep.
0: 45th minute, 1 1. 48th minute, 2 1 Maritimu. 87th minute, 2 2 Family two. Uh, 90th minute, 3 2 Family Cow. 95th minute, 3 3. So they lost it in the last minute. And, and, they, and that would have been massive. Family,
1: family, 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 that family. dominated that game. Like low key, like sixty-five <laughs> percent possession, sixteen shots. They just I didn't mean, have it in them. They just didn't have yeah. it.
0: but I, I I saw videos after the fact. The fan reception was so beautiful. They got home to Fama, the Fama and the fan like I mean like a decent amount of fans out in the street, mm-hmm. like, cheering on the team as the bus comes in, throwing the flares all over the place. It was beautiful to see. It's same thing with the The offense. Off fans did celebrate with the team, also didn't really social distance very well. But that's besides the fact, <laughs> that's been the problem ever I mean, since I... the restart in Portugal. Yeah, I know that. That's been, I don't know how there's been no confirmed cases within any teams. It's unbelievable.
2: they don't screwed that one up. <laughs> well, I, I would have loved to see uh, from from that from Mali Cal from, from family family <laughs> cow, <laughs> finish in the Europa League spot because they were such an interesting story beginning of the season but i mean i think the i think the restart like how far the restart pushed you know season paused in early march and then didn't come back until um june like or may um i think that really hurt them because i'm sure they would have liked to wrap would have liked to have wrapped it up in a normal fashion and then you know falling on the last day that sucks but it, it is pretty interesting to see um where that squad goes from here, because I know they have a lot of players on loan. They'll probably see if they can keep those players for next season yeah. on probably more loans because I don't know how the, uh, the money's looking in the Portuguese league, but I'm sure finishing seventh or sixth doesn't get you very much. Um, uh, not very good. Yeah. I, th- I, I think first like
0: place, winning getting first place doesn't give you enough. To yeah. think about that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I think the, the Portuguese, the Portuguese league right now, is uh, as it always is, as it always seems to be. It's the top teams giving their players on loan to the the to the lower teams, but Absolutely. you know, with Fumalishal, they've gotten they've gotten players from all over the place, yeah. top five leagues. They have players from uh, Wolves, Atletico Madrid, um, and a couple other pretty big name clubs. So that's that's something interesting that I hope happens more. You know, I hope more teams pull a uh, Marcus Edwards situation and, you know, send their players to Portugal because I think that would really improve player. the quality <laughs> of the league. No, I love Marcus I, I mean, I'll, I'll just You're say, just it.
1: he, he got over. a lot of <laughs> goal
2: contributions this year. He got a lot of goal contributions in a, in a Liga 1 season that didn't have very many good attackers. He got a lot of goal contributions yeah. and he was very good, but um, I'd like to see, you know, English players going to Liga Os or, um, yeah. Spanish players because we've seen Benfica, specifically Benfica, has taken players around the ages of 19 to like 23 and turned them into players who are ready to play in the top five leagues. They've yeah. transformed players over the course of a couple seasons into players that big teams in the top five leagues are looking at. You know, Alex Grimaldo right now, Ruben Diaz, you know, these players were nobodies basically when they came to Benfica or started Absolutely. playing.
0: Even like and, even if you go back a little, they assets now. You go farther back, you know, Jonas Jonas was a big one. Like he came yep. in from nowhere, all of a sudden he's scoring thirty goals nonstop at forty years old. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right.
2: And then even players they've sold in the past, David Luiz, you know, yeah, Di exactly. Maria. they,
0: they, they bought the that are nobody's. Else just to give them back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like it's. To, to me, it seems like the Liga Nos right now is at a point where it could become very exciting in Europe. There's, I, haven't even there's young to, I
0: haven't even gotten to why it's going to be so exciting, but i, okay, still, okay. Got, I still got to tell a story here, right? So okay. there was a battle for third place against Braga and Sporting. Sporting had a horrendous year. Oh, my goodness, it's been bad. But they finally got a good coach, thank God. But, like, it was bad. So it came down to the last match week again. If Sporting lose and Braga win, Braga get third place. And that's exactly what happened. Braga beat <laughs> Porto. Braga beat Porto and Benfica beat Sporting. So that makes – I think this is the third time or fourth time Braga's finished third place. I'm looking at Braga now. And a couple years ago, the president of the club, he's a wackadoo, but he, he sometimes knows what he's talking about. He said that they were going to be prepared to try and win the league by the year 2022. This is a big step.
2: This is a big Aaron. step.
0: They're going to be in Europa League. They had a good Europa League uh, last year. They got, they've been out.
2: good in the Europa League a couple times. Yeah,
0: they've made Monthly it to the final once. They, they're they're good. They just need to capitalize, and I think this is finally the time. They got a good coach. They stole Rio Wav's coach.
1: <laughs> and they've got and they've got money coming in. The, yeah,
0: that's right because it's the,
1: this, the sale of Trinkau. I don't think I. I think that can't be underestimated in terms of the significance. It's gonna reshape the squad. Definitely. Um, first of all, eight goals, six assists, that's a pretty good return. Um I was kind of critical of it uh, a few weeks back, but that was it's no Marcus list. Edwards the but other it's pretty side good of, of the coin. But they're getting what, you know, close to thirty million for him. That yes, I mean so like they, can, they can they can really turn that into something. Fifteen will be used for uh for like spending probably yeah and they can they can use that. Especially Oh they'll I mean, use that. It's it's hard to it's hard <laughs> to actually judge this. Um, because uh, some of the transfers that we have, we've already seen so far since uh, the pandemic have suggested that there hasn't been a market recorrection, but I think there will be among the smaller sides. Um, so I think, you know, 50, million could actually get you something like decently far um, at like, like multiple players um, this summer. So, you know, they, they, got, they got future Braga, I, I would say. All
0: right. So I, I will talk about the relegation battle, but I want to explain this for first, right? So if you look at just the coaches, right, Port have Sergio Conceição, and he's already he's, – he's been there for years now, and he's the guy there. He's an the, he's the entertaining coach. He talks a lot and stuff like that.
1: You're favorite on the planet. just
0: got another guy. <laughs> Benfica just got Jorge back, who talks a lot, and he's a fantastic manager. And it looks like Edison Cavani is going to be coming in. Sporting, they finally got their manager in the future with Ruben Amonim, And they got a young team coming back. I think they'll be better next year, hopefully. You have Braga, who picked up a coach who brought Hiwav to fifth place, which is kind of crazy to think about. Like Hiwav's been good, but they're, they're, they're like never like that good. So, I mean, you could see Braga pushing harder than they did than this year. Because you look at Braga, this year they had like three coaches and they still finished third place. It's kind of crazy. So you have those. And then you have Family that's not going to go anywhere. They're going to be both the team. They're going to do whatever they can to just stay up. No will drop off. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and then, like I don't even know, I can't even think about this no more. Like, just those four teams, right? But I'll talk about the relegation battle that happened on the last match week. So we had three teams that could have possibly went down with Tondela, Portimenez, and Stuba, Victoria Stuba, Stubal. It ended up being Portimenez after Portimonez had a fantastic return to uh, restart. It came down to Tondela scoring in the 90th minute for them to get sent down. And a penalty. That's just...
1: Heartbreak. They've been trying the to draw us to wins. Um, a lot of the – like, they have, like, the, some of the – like, uh, actually, I mean, you look at the, some of the teams above them, like, I mean, Tondela had 16 losses, 14 minutes at 15.
2: No,
1: Tondela. Tondela does this it. every year. They
0: somehow – yeah, yeah. they, they always – like, if you go back a few years – like, a couple years, you look at, like, all these standings, is always in that last spot that doesn't get relegated. They are the masters of an escape. Like, I remember Mm -hmm. a few years back, it came down to two teams, and they both played off in the last match week, and they won. Like, they won. They dominated. I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) Like, this is crazy how much they actually do this. I I just just wanted to say that. Just Tundela. If there's any Tundela fans listening, which I know there isn't, (laughs) screw (laughs) off. (laughs) Just screw
1: off. (laughs) Hey, if they they found a secret, they found a secret. I mean – I don't think any team can escape relegation more than four or five seasons. Um, at hey, some point, you go. either have to move up the table or go down. Um, so, don't worry. All right, they're going. All right. The last, the <laughs> last
0: story from Portugal I want to talk about is Avs. Are you guys? I've been telling you guys about Avs, but I want to tell everybody yeah. here. So, Avs. Let's go back. Let's go back to when Avs were in the third division. They flew up to the first division. I mean, like. Went to third division. They spent the second division for like two years. and Then they got promoted to the, to the first league. And their first game in the first league was against Sporting. They lost that game. And they somehow, I don't know how they did it, but they somehow stayed in the league and they somehow got to the Portuguese Cup final against Sporting. So it's coming around full circle right now, right? It's even more amazing that they beat Sporting in the tassa Portugal final. Mm-hmm. So they're the champions of Portugal, just not the league. They're just champions of Portugal in general. They get, they, get, they get granted their spot to Europa League and all that, right? Fantastic for them, right? Guess what? They don't pass in their paperwork, so they can't go to Europa League. The spot goes down to the next person. And this is the beginning of the it end. Never, never happens. <laughs> like, honestly, it's embarrassing. Yeah. This is the beginning of the end for Obj. You thought management was bad when they didn't pass in their paperwork. It's even worse now. They're, they finished dead last this season. They had to cut about 50% of their squad because they can't pay for them. They had to repo the team bus because they had to pay off debts. They lost the trophy that they won. Lost. Yeah, lost my ass. They melted it down so they can get money to pay off some stuff. Nah, no, it just vanished. And oh, let's, let's, let's bring something else up. They were going to forfeit the last two matches, but you know, I think they had a second division team help them out, give them a bus and stuff like that, right? Whatever, like, but they couldn't even warm up before the game because of insurance issues because they couldn't afford the, the insurance. If you guys want to, you guys want to learn rock bottom. That there it is. There it <laughs> That's is. Now they're in the second league. They have no money to start. They're gonna take a financial hit. They're probably not gonna have any money. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this team get folds.
1: With with the pandemic losses, yeah, I think it, it, which sucks. It, if you're scraping money like that, you either have to sell the, the the club off, or you gotta you gotta go into administration. I think they're just gonna go into administration, which is sad to see. I mean, you don't want to see a club fall apart like that, but when you great mismanage things too. so poorly, they actually
0: have a lot of great fans for a small team.
1: Yeah, it's like, and, but when you mismanage that poorly, like that's that's what ends up happening. But, You know, but rest in peace, Ob. We hope to see you soon.
0: But not more into happier offer. news here.
2: So
0: <laughs> yeah, and no, right there you go. But and happier news for Portugal, right? They did they just announce some new rules for next year. They're gonna try and do what the Bundesliga does, and they're gonna have a promotion slash relegation playoff. So like mm. the bottom two teams will go down in the Premier uh, in the league, and the third the third last team is gonna have to do a promotion or the relegation playoff with the team that finished third place in the second league. I think that's pretty big on stuff. I'll be able to watch that. Hopefully
1: it changes the, those, the, that last segment of the season, that last, that last third where teams are, are, you know, scrapping. Um, yeah. Cause you, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot different. There's it's, it's kind of a bigger safety net. Um, but it's, it'll be interesting to see um, how it forces teams to uh, reshape the way they, they operate. Um, it's hard to say cause it's, I mean, uh, it, it has meant that a lot of, of large teams have kind of saved themselves like Breda Bremen in the Bundesliga. So we'll see how it works. In,
0: yeah, Tundela can actually do it much better now. They can beat a second elite team, league team.
1: Or it might actually screw them. We'll
0: see. <laughs> we'll see. Honestly, I don't know how it's going to be. But just last point here, Saturday is the big cup match against Mefica and Porto. This is a make or break for me. You guys will know you guys don't even need to win the match. you, it's don't, you don't even Rob's need to watch mood it. for the
1: rest of the year, everybody. You guys don't
0: need to watch the match. <laughs> if if I'm not on the next episode, you'll know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you'll know what happened if I'm not on. That's all. But yeah, I think I think it should be a fun match. If you could turn somewhat of a table around here, they have played better with Ver- for with Ruben Verissimo. Yeah. What a name! Great first name, everyone's saying. But we're living life there. But uh, I think that's all we got for this episode, eh, boys.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, except that uh, had... Keppa's up for fifty million if anyone wants him.
1: There you uh, go. Fifty uh, no.
2: million for Keppa. It's a no, pretty good deal.
1: Best, best video. Best video of the last week for me um, was seeing uh, the, the in the Liverpool Chelsea game, the free kick. Uh, comes in at the edge of the box. It's the chance that Van Dyke almost uh, scored. And if you listen, um, and this video is now all over the internet, uh, all of the Chelsea players are screaming, Kepa, Kepa, Kepa. And when Van nearly, when he misses the chance, all of the Chelsea defenders turn back to him and say, Kepa. <laughs> it's <laughs> absolutely shocking. So no, <laughs> I don't think any call will be taking a bunt on him.
2: Terribly. Hopefully not. Let's hope he I just stays at Chelsea. Ever
1: inspired that little confidence in their back four? Jeez Louise, or back five sometimes. Shocking. But that's all yeah, we got, I guess. That's
0: <laughs> all we got, yeah. It's been an eventful episode. We've I've made fun of every Premier League team. It looks like.
1: Wow, Try good.
0: <laughs> I made fun of every Premier League team. We had some sad stories. We had some happy stories. Mostly sad stories, especially in Portugal because it's a rel- It's a relentless league, and you guys should start watching it more often. But. We don't ever never know. It's impossible to watch the league first of all because Portugal has no idea how to market anything. But different story for a different day. Uh yeah. Is that all we got cup
1: final weekend. It'll be exciting. Multiple cup finals. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all, that's all again, I got. That's again, again. If you weekend guys weekend. want, if you guys
0: don't don't watch the match, you guys will know the uh, result if I'm on next week or not. So.
2: Yep. Happy, Happy watching. All
0: right, so I want to thank you guys for watching the SLN sports, Re- our sports report, uh, soccer report. I've been Rob. That's Seth. That's Nick. Subscribe to this channel. Subscribe to our Apple Podcast feed that just got created. If you want to listen to us on the car or when you're working out or something like that. But until next time, see you later.